It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back. It is the Afternoon Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Jack Fritz alongside Ike Reese on this last football Friday of the season heading into Chiefs Niners this weekend. And Elliot Shore Park joins us not from Vegas from good old South Philly. What's happening, ESP? What up? How you doing? Probably wishes he was in Vegas. Oh, man. Elliot in Vegas? That would have been a problem. <laughs> I feel like by now I would be tired of being in Vegas. Oh, maybe no Sunday, doubt. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, uh, you know. But, hey, maybe if I had that Jack Fritz and that Grease money, you know, I, I would enjoy more time. <laughs> yeah, many people do aspire to have uh, have my wallet, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Elliot, we opened the show talking about Howie and really just trying to get a gauge of, of where people are at with him. Because, you know, this time last yeah. year it was, ah, he can do no wrong. He is erect the statue now. He's he's the greatest GM in the history of sports. And, and you know how it is with him. It goes in ebbs and flows. Where are you at with Howie heading this offseason? Do you trust him, or is your antenna raised on him? I don't think my antenna is raised with Howie. He, he certainly missed on some moves last year. I think his strategy of signing a lot of low-cost, one-year, you know, essentially kind of lottery tickets didn't really pay off. Like Rashad Penny, um, the linebackers, Justin Evans, we don't bring up a lot, but he was signed to be the starting safety in week one and got those reps during training camp. So, I think he definitely had misses, but I think the reason moving forward fans should have faith in Howie is that I think just like the fundamental things of what make a GM great, he is great at. I think his priorities are in the right place. I think the track record shows that his continued investment, like in the lines and in the offense over the defense, is a winning formula. Um, I think his, the way he uses the salary cap is really good. I think his connections around the league have proven to be good with trade. So I definitely the point of he has missed on guys over the last year but every gm misses on guys the difference is i think howie has shown he can his kind of core skills and values like produce consistent winning in the nfl and not all gms have that but i guess my, my follow-up to that is i feel like we're entering into a period where the draft is going to be become more important because of Jalen's contract like what's your and, and just the draft specifically where are we at with howie and and it comes to confidence in his draft picks 
Yeah, I think my my feeling about Howie and that would be similar to, I guess, my last last answer in the way that I think Howie hits on a lot of draft picks. I think that when you look at Howie's draft track record, he has big-time misses. Like Dalen Reger, obviously a major miss, especially with Justin Jefferson. But he's hit on a lot of guys, too. Like, he found a franchise quarterback, or at least, you know, he's paid like it now, to, to in the second round. Like, he got a, a franchise left tackle in the seventh round. Um, and, you know, Devontae Smith, 10th overall pick, that was an outstanding pick. So I do think if we, if we went and compared Howie's draft records to GMs around the league, he probably doesn't have the best one. But I guarantee you he's probably in the top 10. Like, like I, I don't think the Eagles would have won as many games as they did if Howie was one of the worst drafters in the league and all these other GMs were running circles around him. I think the draft specifically, we get so focused on just the Eagles that if you look at the larger picture, like a lot of GMs miss on a lot of picks. There's, there's a reason why after the first round it's so hard to find starters. Yeah, but other than Jalen Carter, he hasn't really hit on many defensive draft picks. Uh, throughout his tenure. Now, you may say he's drafted guys and they played, but how good have they been? That's just in case you decide to roll out Avante Maddox at me that he hit on Avante Maddox in the fourth round. Yeah. That's an okay player for where he drafted him at when he does play, but that's not something you would necessarily hang your resume up and say, yeah, I got Avante Maddox in the fourth round. No, getting Jalen Carter is a nice pick, but this year's draft particularly He's going to have to hit on guys in areas where he doesn't draft very well at. Not in the trenches. How about linebackers? How about corners? How about safeties? Like, those are the areas that they that he needs to hit on in this year's draft. And I think a lot of people are saying, man, his track record doesn't show that he knows how to draft those guys or particularly they don't know how to develop those guys to where they reach their full potential. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. I mean, I think that Howie's weakness, not just in the draft, but in evaluating talent, is on the defensive side of the ball, and I would say particularly the middle of the field. Like, some of the best players he's gotten on defense, he's pretty much overpaid for. Now, with the draft, I think you could add Josh Sweat in there. It's probably like a good draft pick. That's a good draft pick, yeah, but I forgot about Sweaty. Yeah, I forgot about Sweaty. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I think actually he's probably better than Avante. Yes, in some ways. yes, but better than Avante, right. yep. Like, Jordan Davis massive miss like he he's a he's a fine nfl player but up to this point he has not been a contributing player nolan smith not been a contributing player i can't i mean keely ringo i guess we'll see and he was a late pick but Mm -hmm. you know certainly he has not i don't think stamped his way one way or the other so you're right that this offseason they have to fix a defense and that that is part of it but like i also think that you know to in terms of having trust in howie building a winner I think as long as he keeps building quality offenses, like they will win a lot more under Howie than they will lose. Like as disappointing as this season was, they did win eleven games. So I, I just <laughs> I think that again I do everything's fine. Defense, I'm not saying everything's fine, but it is it is the reality that a lot they, of did, they did win eleven games. You're right. Yeah, I mean a lot of teams would kill to win eleven games. Like if you're going to say what faith do you have in Howie to, moving forward, if you told me the Eagles win eleven games next year, I, I think a lot of teams would take that. Clearly the way it ended was not good. But in terms of rebuilding the defense, yeah, I think it's Howie's weak spot. I, I don't think he evaluates talent well. And we've seen it continually at linebacker and safety uh, and, and at corner in some ways. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, what did you make of Britton Covey's comments yesterday about finger pointing, miscommunication between the coaches? What was your main takeaway from what Covey said? Yeah, so I think Britton Covey should probably stop doing interviews. <laughs> I, I I agree. Like I, I think it's fun, and I like re, I like hearing it, and I think that you know it. Uh, he's very honest. But I would imagine the Eagles are probably not super thrilled with the fact that Britton keeps talking very honestly and openly about the issues with the team. Um, I do think that he, his points were true. Like, we talked about the, fall, the kind of downfall of the season, and I think the way he put it was true, like mental exhaustion. I think those final two months, they were just so tired, so fed up, so, like, had been under spotlight for so long that they were unable to get out of it. So I do think that's part of it. I think the, the finger pointing from player to player – which he said specifically, I also think that was a huge part of it. Like, I, I've never covered a team where there was such uh, honest and open talk about how, like, they kind of didn't like each other, right? So, so I think that that certainly is an issue. And I was also surprised how he was not – I want to say he threw Brian Johnson under the bus, but he certainly kind of said they needed new ideas on offense. So I think what he said was correct, but I also think the Eagles as a whole, like his teammates and coaching staff – probably would appreciate if, you know, everyone could stop talking about why the season fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably agree that they're, they're, they they would prefer that he would just say some sort of stock answer where, right. you, where you're looking forward to the next season and necessarily we don't need you to rehash or break down and dissect what happened last year, even though they may be asking you the question. Uh, it doesn't do you any good because all you're really going to wind up doing is pointing a finger at someone else, whether it's assistant well, coaches that aren't here yeah. anymore or players. And also, it's kind of exacerbating the problem he's talking about. Like yep. he's saying, yep. you know, there's finger pointing, there's the pressure from like he's now aiding in that, and this isn't the first time. There was that the the quote he had in the article in the Enquirer that was about Jalen, and I know he came out and tried to re-explain that. But that quote did not paint the franchise quarterback in a great light. So I, I just think in general, this team probably just needs to get away from all the microphones they can and just take some time off and get away. Well, well it's disagree. hard to do when you go to Vegas. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. Media, <laughs> media Row is probably not the best place to avoid a, uh, a microphone. Yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'm not – I'm not like um, – I guess uh, Richie was a little upset. He said the punter, punt returner we don't need to hear from, essentially. Yeah. The issue is the punt returner was like a top five player on the team last year. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, don't, yeah I, I won't go that. I'm surprised Richie yeah. went that route. With I don't mind kicking the kickers or the punters now, although we don't, we don't kick Jake Elliott. Never. But if it's Sipos, if it's Sipos or somebody, I don't mind beating well, hold on, man. Braden Mann had a good year. No, no. I'm just saying if it was a punter who didn't play well, I don't mind ripping him. I'm just saying, Brenton Covey at least was one of your better players this year, albeit he's still a young player, but he was somebody who contributed. and did He did his good. job. He did his job this year. Right. I think the bigger – not only say issue, but the, the outside of the punt returner thing, he is a second-year player. Sure. Is, you know, yep. barely made the roster. Now, his opinion still very much matters. Like, he's in the team meetings. He's around the team. He's around the receivers. 
I, I yeah, I just you would probably want a team leader talking more so. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, Elliot, your final thoughts. It's probably about uh, more than twenty four hours removed. Uh, your last final thoughts on the Sixers trade deadline. I'm just super disappointed. <laughs> like I, I I think back to when they made the James Harden trade and how there was so much excitement about the assets they acquired and how you know they got the first round picks and they got all these tradable contracts and all these expiring deals. And they did basically nothing with it. Like, I, I do think Buddy Heald is a really good addition. Uh, I think, you know, he's a great three-point shooter. I think that he'll really help uh, take some pressure off of Maxi. But it's just not enough. And to if you would have said when they traded James Harden this was going to be the outcome, and I know it's not finished yet, like, no one would be happy with that. I would rather just have James Harden on the roster at this point than, than, than where they're at. So if the whole plan is to hope in the offseason that a 34-year-old Paul George will sign with you, like, that's disappointing, too. So – I think that, you know, they're hoping that this is going to work out and they're hoping they'll land somebody. But to go back to Howie, like Howie has said, hope is not a good strategy. And that seems to be the Sixers' whole plan right now. And, and, and that's disappointing. Well, what I would say to that is, and I'm in this category, so I feel perfectly fine saying it, I hope our star player can stay healthy long enough that we can make a deep run in the playoffs. That is my strategy. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, they are hoping that Joel Embiid someday is healthy and gives us a long run in the playoffs. Now, so I agree with that. And you could argue that every team is hoping that, right? But yeah, I, I, well, some of these teams yeah, don't don't hope that yeah. for health. We they, literally are hoping every year that he stays there's healthy. One, there's one team with one guy who's been hurt every single postseason. Yes. It's not like every, the Boston's like, oh, man, I hope Tatum's yeah, healthy. Yeah, yeah, Tatum's not injured every year, yes. Right, but I think a difference is the Sixers, with the assets they've acquired, have talked about the need to acquire more talent, and they're not doing that. They like will. Buddy Heald, no, they will, but but when? And you're, you keep like I, I don't think I, I don't think they will, Elliot. Honestly, I don't because we only have two assets, and you're not giving up either one of them. You're not giving up Maxi. You're not giving up Embiid. So unless a star player wants to come here for the max deal. How are we getting that guy? We haven't gotten a guy since, what, Tobias? Nobody wanted him on the max deal. Elton Brand, right. Elton Brand came on the Philly max, right? We overpaid Al Horford. I'm trying to think of the star player that's actually come here. Yeah, I mean, you know, James Harden and Jimmy Butler both came here. Traded. Butler, but, they were traded yeah, here. No, I, oh, I agree. They are not signing a free that's, agent. That's what I, see, that's what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> yeah. they, these are yeah. free agents, yes. Yeah, no, I agree. If the plan is to sign a free agent, Maury better know something about someone definitely hitting the market as a, otherwise. And even if, I mean, at this point, you look at the free agents, there's not even great options nope. available. I think the hope is, you know, after the draft or around the draft, they'll have five first-round picks to try to deal. Mm-hmm. But, but again, like, that, that's not really a strategy that's within your own control. Like, the best teams are the ones that their strategy to go out and win, they can control. Mm-hmm. And, and if the, the hope is someone is going to ask out. And then even if he does ask out, you have to outbid other teams. You have to hope he wants to come to Philadelphia. Yep. Then you have to hope it works out. So, you know, I think over the last few years, I've probably been one of the biggest defenders and optimists of the Sixers in the city. But, like, at this point, we're really talking about not this year's playoffs, but next year's playoffs is probably the first time where we'll look and go, okay, you know, do they actually acquire someone to, to, to help this team? So I, I understand not wanting to overpay. Jack, I know you're really big into – to that but 
the end of the day, the playoffs start in two months, and I would have rather they went and got talent yesterday as opposed to waiting a few months and then waiting a few months after that to see if it even works out. Listen, I'll try to help you You know, see the forest through the trees one day at a time, buddy, one day at a time. Two, two quick ones here for you, Elliot. Do you have Chiefs fatigue yet, or are you, you still appreciating this greatness? No, I'm never tired of greatness in anything, in sports, music, like nothing. Like I, I think it's – it's awesome to watch them do what they're doing. It's why I thought the loss to them last year in the Super Bowl wasn't a bad loss. Like, they, the Eagles went out and they played a great game against a great team and they lost. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not tired of it at all. I hope they win on Sunday. And you hope that, that obviously, uh, Travis proposes postgame. That's your main goal for Sunday. Well, I've thought about it, and I'm worried if he does it, it'll take shine away from the rest of his teammates. So oh. maybe I wouldn't recommend it for Travis. But it would be an amazing moment. Who wins? I think it's going to be the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they have the better defense. They have the better head coach. They have the better quarterback. And I think that even though the regular season didn't show it, I think at this point right now they're the better team. They've had the more impressive stretch over the last month. So I do think the Chiefs win it. All right. Appreciate the time, Elliot. We'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. Talk to you guys there. All right. There he goes. Elliot Shore Parks.